0: Hi, I'm Mark Richardson and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to not only help give you ideas, but help you think about your remodeling business. These are in a little bit of wacky times that we're in today, so I think it's very important that you spend the time and energy not just doing your business, but spending time thinking about your business. What I try to do is take topics that are at a thousand-foot level, but also drill into one-foot level. This podcast series is supported by my friends at Professional Remodeler Magazine as well as any other strategic alliances that are out there really promoting kind of your health and growth. Today, I want to talk about something that really is at both 1,000-foot level, 100-foot level, and 1-foot level, and ultimately, I'll get into 15 marketing ideas in 15 minutes, now, I don't do the 15 and 15 to be clever. I do it because it's really to show you that if in literally 15 minutes of time, you can really come up with ideas and and strategies and tactics that you can then spend time integrating into your business and seeing the kind of results that are out there. A little bit of background of why I'm talking about marketing on this business podcast. I think that if you look back... At about nine months ago, many of the things I was talking about were the tailwinds and the headwinds that were out there in the remodeling industry. Obviously, all the headwinds that you were experiencing, you knew about with supply chain and labor issues and backlogs and all those kind of things that made it harder to, quite frankly, produce the work and move things along but there was also a tremendous amount of tailwinds that were happening and those tailwinds that were happening were really more related to i think the demand on the part of the homeowners finally being left get let out of jail and getting out there, wanting to do more remodeling projects, feeling less fearful of some of the restrictions that were out there. But the level of demand on the consumer side of the equation was very, very high, and certainly the economy was strong. Interest rates were in a good place. There were so many things. Well, long and the short of everything that's gone on, these tailwinds that we've experienced out there really have dissipated, and there's probably – Arguably, barely a tailwind at all. So as a result of that, the phones are not ringing in most remodeling markets today. And in fact, while you have uh, backlogs of projects ready to be built, you don't necessarily have a high degree of sales. So today I'm going to be focusing more specifically on on the element of the marketing side or creating the opportunities for you. You know, healthy marketing is about the right mindset. It's about the right habits. It's about how you're spending your time in marketing. So I oftentimes begin by that topic because the reality is, just like when it comes to your health and fitness, In terms of your lives, a couple of casual walks every week aren't going to cut it to get you in shape. It's going to take a lot more than that. And a lot more than that doesn't necessarily mean a lot more money. It means a lot more time, energy, and focus. So as you think about, I think, this topic of marketing, start with the amount of time that you're spending on your marketing efforts. Most, I think, owners out there are only spending two or three, maybe four hours a week on marketing activity, marketing behaviors, marketing habits. So the first step is when you put the stake in the sand is you got to commit to it's going to take you probably more like 10 to 20, 10 to, uh, I'm sorry, five to 10 hours a week now, five to ten hours a week may seem like just a small amount of a adjustment up. That's why I try to quantify it. But the reality is many people, just like when it comes to getting out and running three times a week to get in better shape, just don't have the right habits to be able to do that. So – You know, I think focusing on your behaviors is going to be what's really key. And as we think about, and you've certainly certainly heard me talk about before, you know, your client is your biggest competitor out there. And the reality is they're the competitor because of their fears, because of their ignorance, and because of their overwhelm, all of which you can improve upon if you're focused on the right things. Okay, so I'm going to give you my 15 ideas in 15 minutes. I'd encourage you to pass this recording on, certainly other team members that you might think uh, that would uh, find it valuable, but also just jot down some notes to what are your 15 ideas in 15 minutes to come up with. And then it gives you really, I think, almost more of a checklist that you can take action on. The first one is past clients. Now, most better businesses out there are very client-centric business. However, many have become kind of strangers with their past clients or their only touch point with their past clients are through little newsletters or social media or e-blasts or things like that. So the first thing I would encourage you and your team members, especially involved in sales, is to really roll up your sleeve and go back the last five years or so at all those past clients out there and reconnect. When you reconnect to these past clients, a voicemail is not good enough in the environment. You want to you know, look at where you're bouncing around the community and stop in and say hello to that particular client. And when you talk to these past clients, talk to them more in terms of a friend and trying to help them, not necessarily a, a peddler trying to look for more business. That business will come if, in fact, you have the relationship with the past clients. The second, which kind of relates to the first, but it's really quite different, and that is all those dead leads, all those prospects. Now, think about this for a minute. Good closing rates for home remodeling are about 10 to 20% in terms of the traditional kinds of remodeling that's out there. However, what happened to the other 80% of the people that called you but didn't necessarily proceed with the project? So... Two-thirds of those we know didn't proceed with the project. So go back the last two or three years of all those past leads... And give them a call, just a follow-up. How are they doing? Did they ever proceed with the project? And I think just stay connected to them because their impression of you will have a lot to do with what they might want to do in the future. What's interesting is I've studied this with some of the better remodeling companies. If you create a great impression and they want to then give you referrals, they may not do a project with you. They may not do a project with you However, think about it this way. If they don't do a project, what are they saying about you? Don't they have friends and neighbors, professional associates that are asking, have you ever done a remodeling before? You might find, as many, many do, you get more referrals from people that don't do business with you than necessarily the people that do do business with you. Okay, number three. This is very important because I think it's a very interesting kind of concept that most remodelers have not done, and that is deputize your production team to generate leads. Now, if you really think about it, your production teams, the carpenters, the helpers, those that are out, project managers in production, working with the clients so much, they're the heroes, and what you can do is deputize the heroes to ask for referrals ask for new leads, ask for business. They're out on the project sites. They're seeing neighbors walking their dogs or stopping in and saying hello. All you want from your production team is them to give you a name and a telephone number that then you or the office staff can follow up with that client. It's just amazing how you can move from literally almost never getting a personal referral or a referral or a lead from production team members to getting 10 to 20% of your leads if, in fact, you deputize them. Now, one of the keys to it is you've got to adjust their culture. So you've got to do some training. And in that training, you've got to also maybe incentivize the team members. It doesn't take a lot, a small amount of cash in many ways for them to generate leads. And then there's a level of pride, I think, that's super important to them to be able to help bring in opportunities for the company. Number four on my list is warranties. Now, you have – most remodelers have a warranty. If you really think about warranties, like with a car warranty or something else, you want to take your car in to have it checked. Well, you have an opportunity, especially especially if you have a one or two or three or even a five-year warranty, to have multiple times that you can go out to the client's home, not only look at the work that you did, which you should look at as a marketing opportunity, not an expense, but you should also talk to the client about other opportunities they're going to have. If you can create a program wrapped around that it is an expectation that you're going to come out and visit the client and visit the work on an annualized basis, then I think it's an automatic lead source that you're building into your formulas. Okay, number five is think about seasonal specials. You know, there's a company I know that has five seasonal specials every winter. They call it a winter special. And starting in the summer or starting in the fall, they let clients know – we have a special coming up in the winter. You know, just like in any other major purchase, you know, people react to specials. They want to get in line. They want to get that reservation, so to speak. So don't hesitate to try to leverage that. It might be this time of the year you're focused more on a spring special and getting kind of lined up for that. But I think you can generate your own leads and opportunities if, in fact, you approach it in terms of a winter special. Uh, Number six on my list was don't hesitate at this juncture just because some of the lead aggregating sources have not really worked as well in the past to have some of those folks you know sign up with some of those folks be very selective in terms of the type of client and the type of lead that they're going to generate for you like through house or many of the others that are out there but if you do that in a very very targeted way you should be able to generate some fuel some lead source coming in that's going to be really beneficial to you. Number seven, don't forget about younger generational. I actually was at a seminar recently that talked about the uh, millennials being such an important part of the future. We think of baby boomers as being our primary source. And I think baby boomers will, in fact, be an important lead source for us moving forward. However, do focus on some of the generational elements. Go back, for example, put yourself either more with clients that are younger clients or different generations and start to study that blend, study that mix. What's interesting is, in many ways, the baby boomers are helping to fund the younger generation's projects. So they all have different motivations, but how is your messaging adjusting and changing depending on what the message is? Okay, number eight on my list is gifts. You know, now's a great time of the year to be thinking about gifts for clients as we move into the holidays. Certainly, there's a great remodeler that I interact and work with. They give this the best of the best. Thanksgiving pie that's made in their area out as gift to their past client. And you can just imagine this has become kind of a tradition that they have that at their holiday meal at Thanksgiving. You know, what are some of those gifts that you need, you can do that are really memorable and also they really leave an impact? You know, if you can do little gifts, big gifts, it doesn't matter what they are, those gifts, when it comes to clients, that's where oftentimes the experience or memories are made. You know, when you start a project, should you be starting or creating some interesting gift basket that's very memorable? When you finish the project, what do you do at the end of the project to say thank you and that they're really appreciating certainly their new home? Number nine on my list is seminars and and real estate relationships. You know, when we experience kind of wiggly times, real estate offices are always looking for Experts to come in and speak on different related topics. It could be on how to sell a house in more challenging times when it comes to the remodeling activities. You know, you can come up with some seminars, develop the relationship with realtors. They'd welcome you to come in as long as you bring some bagels and donuts and coffee. They would love to have you come into their office and do a little seminar. And now here's an opportunity. All you need is one or two leads that come out of that that give you the return, and that seminar certainly can be great. Some of the remodelers out there that have been doing virtual seminars within their showrooms and offices are starting to do more face-to-face. And if the messaging is really good, they're seeing really good returns as well. Uh, Number 10 on my list is certainly social media. Now, social media is an obvious choice, I think, when you look back at some of the different trends. One of the things that consumers said in a recent survey, they want things to be easy, they want things to be transparent, and they want you to leverage kind of the digital kind of medias out there as ways to communicate. So social media is a great way, but you've got to do it in an interesting way. I feel like there's a lot of remodelers just vomit projects on people in social media and they just skip, skip, skip over it. However, the ones that are showing either a unique detail, a unique sketch or drawing, something that really is expressing more the experience of remodeling or the meaning of remodeling or the impact of remodeling, rather than just the project of remodeling, I think are going to be more successful. Uh, number 11 on my list is, is uh, training. Now, if you want to think in terms of deputizing your teams, you've got to think about training. Because the reality is, most of your team members do not think of themselves as marketers. And while I said at the beginning of this little recording, make sure you're spending more of your time, you've got to adjust the mindset and kind of the sensitivity about marketing. So weave into some of your meetings, some of the uh, marketing-related techniques and ways to ask for referrals and the ways to get reviews and all those kind of make it part of your training exercise. And I think the more successful certainly you're going to be. Uh, Another one is you can leverage your existing services to give clients a taste test test. Those companies that have small projects or handyman division, it's a very easy way to do to give the client, for example, two free handyman hours. You know, it's not going to cost you that much. With most companies, lead cost is anywhere from one to $300. So having giving them a couple of hours of handyman services almost guarantees you the opportunity not only obviously to be in their home, but also to generate more business as well. So that's just another way you can do this is a little gift certificate and then you're going to get a certain amount of flow of clients certainly uh calling in. Number 13 on the list is alliances. Now, alliances would be your subcontractors, your suppliers, your professional relationships, attorneys, accountants, what have you. You need to bring them in and let them know that part of the reason they have business is because you have business and that in addition to everything else, you are their marketing arm. So you want to really ask them, ask them for help, whether it's help supporting some of your causes, help supporting some of your activities, or even just generating lead flow for you. But you want to make sure that you're not out on an island by yourself doing all this work, generating, I think, all the activity. Number 14 on the list, which is a little bit more of a cultural thing, but it's also a kind of a business element, and that is you want to have the right degree of accountability. When you get the whole team jazzed up or a portion of the team or production guys jazzed up, what you want to do is you want to have accountability to generate leads. Now, you want to set the bar in terms of names and telephone numbers or leads coming in from your team very, very low at first. Let them decide what it is that's the right amount of leads, whether it's one a week, one a month. It doesn't really matter. You want to set those because math is where I think you're going to see the big returns from this. But if you can get the right degree of accountability, you're going to see a lot more success. Number 15, on my list and certainly not the least is you've got to celebrate don't keep it a secret when you're generating leads and generating referrals, when it comes from either your alliances, your team members, your past clients, your personal referrals, celebrate the fact that you've done this. Let others know. You know, within your team itself, if not anything else, there's a level of pride that comes when I have helped to generate a lead for my company. So, if you can focus on that, highlighting either in a newsletter. Or if you have recordings that go out or communications go out to your team or in team meetings, make sure that you do that as well. So as you can see, very quickly, in 15 minutes, I shared 15 ideas. The most important message in this particular podcast is that you can come up with a lot of different meat, a lot of different ideas and opportunities if you just carve out a little bit of time yourself and do this exercise with your team, with yourself, and then have different members of your team be accountable for the activities that come of it. So I just want to thank everybody for joining me today. Take care.